nodding in and out of smiles like an archaeopteryx comedian. I need to stop drinking out the same water I'm puking in. Like a box of matches in a world of lighters, I'm a loser. Occasional robotic bloodhound full. Sometimes the hour flies by for you, but sometimes I'm being on. Yeah. Have you ever played the game Things? I haven't. I was about to say it's like Cards Against Humanity, but you write in your own responses. Oh, okay. And that might be a good I was about segment. to say like. Um, uh, actually, I think I have an extra copy if you want it. That might it, be dope. It, it's legit. Like, it, and the fun part is like the game you can get as like raunchy as you want, right? Okay. Like you can just like you can be as cool as you want, whatever. You can play with family, you can play with friends. Okay. But it's just like things that like you would say, uh, or things you shouldn't say at a job interview, or just like something like oh, that. Oh, I love that shit. That's actually yeah. a really fun one when you have a guest too. So yeah, that's a good guest segment. I've done that before with like reoccurring guests, but it just kind of depends on. Like, the way, like, the whole pod is, like, traveling. You know what I mean? Or does uh, your people find your pod mostly Spotify or YouTube? Spotify. The only, actually, the only one I'm not on is YouTube. Okay, because there's no video. Yeah, I was about to say. Everyone, like, tells me, like, I should put, like, cameras in here. And I'm like, dude, I fucking, I was like, this this would be super creepy. (laughs) Like, like, oh, how to explain, like, a camera in my bedroom. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could mount what I would recommend is just mounting a camera here that could catch I've seen a di- couple different ways, but on hell's podcast was first set up like this and he did it exactly in a room like that. And then he just had a little camera right here. That was like wide angle that caught, caught everything. everything. And then you could probably just put some posters on your, you could honestly, would you, what I would recommend is just getting a big logo made and then, and just, then hanging just putting it, it like right there. Maybe like even a like banner. A, a flag even. Yeah, that's what I'm a, saying. Like yeah, a flag yeah. side, like banner yeah. and hanging it that way. It just covers your closet and has yeah. your logo. But, uh, that actually be pretty tight. Honestly. And those cameras are pretty cheap these days. You could get a high-quality one for a pretty good price. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. But, uh, yeah, guys, welcome into another episode of Escaping Tyranny. I'm joined alongside, uh, I'm super honored, uh, local comedian Zach Abeda. What's Zach, up, guys? Cheers, man. Cheers, man. I was about to say, absolutely, thank you for uh, for coming in. Yeah, this man, is, uh, thank you for having fun. me on. Yeah, I, uh, I, I got to say, so just for anyone listening that may not know you or have seen you around yeah. around town, the first time I ever saw you was when you opened for Stevo. Oh damn, that's actually yeah. really cool to know. Shit, man, I was years back. I was probably only about two, not even three years into comedy at that time. Yeah. So I was really blessed to have that opportunity. That was one of the first really big hosting gigs I got. Yeah, for sure. And I was really proud of myself, but I think being so new in a comedy, I did get a little. I got so much love, but at the same time, I got a lot of salt because I was only like two years in a comedy. Getting mm-hmm. opportunities like that. What do you mean by salt? Like, because you, uh, you're obviously talking about like haters, right? Yeah, exactly. Just people that are just like, oh, this cat don't deserve it, or he hasn't paid his dues, and a lot of it is just cats with their own insecurities, and sure. they haven't worked enough in their own craft. But, um, you know, this, you know, going into the roast this next week, that's another thing to celebrate. You know, five years in comedy. And I just am really proud of what I've done in that short amount of time. So I think it's actually yeah. dope that you're at that show, man. That was really cool. Yeah, it was so cool because like. I don't like I had a couple buddies that went and I mean we were all drunk but like I'm such a fan of comedy right that like I just being there I was like oh shit this is cool and then it wasn't until I finally did an open mic you mm-hmm. know x amount of years later this last year yeah yeah and then I saw you I was like fuck I was like that's that dude because I could just tell from like your physical comedy yes, right like yes. the way you just like are super expressive I was like oh shit that's that guy and I think I told you that at an open mic I definitely remember that now that you say for sure and you know what? I rec- I still will get recognized from that Steve-O show once in a while, which blows my mind. But it goes to show you, you never know what room you're going to get. I get recognized also from, like, little rooms, too. So yeah. I still will try to get up anytime there's a microphone, bro. That's, like, still. Um, I saw Brian Posehn, who's a, a, a good comic that I like. And uh, his opener, right before I started comedy, I was like, hey, man, I'm looking to get into comedy. One piece of advice to give an aspiring comedian. And he's like, do every room you can. Like every room you can. And it made sense because like still to the day I do as many open mic. I'm going to go do an open mic after this. Yeah. Like still do as many open mics as I can. And the way I look at it is like a professional athlete is practicing every day to play yeah. a game. Um, Olympians practice every day to do that every four years. So why should we not practice every day so we could be ready to be on stage every night or for whatever situation? Yeah. So sadly, Santa Ana stars not doing shows. Um Gosh, I've never even talked about this on a podcast, but in the pandemic, right before that happened in March, I was booked to open for Andrew Santino. No, I was booked way. to open for Brad Williams. Um, I Damn. even got booked to to do the Andrew Santino one twice, and it got pushed back because that year was so crazy. 
Um, there was a couple other smaller like acts that I was open. I was looking to open for one of the bar stool, bar stool sports guys, and then and that just like never came back. So I really feel honestly, it took till now to get that traction going again that I had in like March of 2020. Yeah, and we're two years later, and I toured a lot. I've done a lot of out of state stuff, but to get the bigger opportunities and kind of where I'm at again, like. Now, like I just signed with another agent, like my agencies haven't really been doing anything since the pandemic. So this is a third agent I've signed with. Other ones are more agencies. Uh, one books like small casinos, uh, like uh, military bases, stuff like that. Uh, the other agency just did Santa Ana Star. So I'm not hearing from them, of course, because sure. they're not doing that. But this other one um, is more of like for movies, commercials, TV. So hopefully I can start branching out into those kind of entertainment too. I was about to say, is it just, or, or do you feel like your avenue would then just be strictly comedy, or you are looking to get into like other avenues? I'm at, I'm looking to get into other avenues only to benefit stand up. Got like it. Anything I could do. It really took me to the point where I feel like five years in, I'm stage ready to go anywhere for thirty to forty five minutes. Like yeah. put me on stage anywhere yeah. for forty five minutes to an hour. Like I'll headline, and I feel confident in doing that. I'll feature. Features even funner because like. It's like less pressure, like that one you just knock out the park. Yeah. And the host, now that I've hosted so much. But the thing is, now that I feel like I'm stage ready, now you gotta build the following, the platform, all that stuff. So comedy clubs will book you. Like if you don't have that following and can't sell tickets, yeah. You're Why just, would they book you? Exactly. So yeah. you gotta start you know, that's what I'm thinking. Because my goal is to be on the road eventually. I wanna hopefully open for a big headliner and then just progress and grow a following over the next X amount of years to where I could I mean, I'm not trying to be like Kevin Hart level. That's absurd to say, you know sure. what I mean? But I would like to get to the point where like some of our favorite comedians like Santino or like, you know, Theo Vaughn, like these cats that could just sell tickets anywhere, do comedy full time, do a bunch of podcasts and other stuff like that. And uh, that's kind of what I would like to kind of see the future manifesting right now. Yeah. Let everything kind of build for comedy in the future. Yeah, man. So, you know what? So I was going to ask you. So. I've seen you at the roast a few times. Yeah. I specifically last roast, I told you getting better. Yeah. That was the one I said. I pulled you aside. I said, good job tonight. I, I felt you like really stepping it up, the confidence level, the joke writing. Um, so what, what what's your background before comedy? So like really like before comedy, I've just been working. Like okay. I, I have no um, experience. Like I guess I've done stuff being on stage just from doing sermons like uh, at like a church or whatever. Okay. But really, like, that's the only experience. And I've never had an issue speaking in front of people. Okay. It's never been a problem of mine. But getting into comedy, it's a completely different beast. Definitely. And so, like, it was during the pandemic that I was kind of like, I want to fucking try this. Like, I want to do this. Like, this seems super cool. I think I'm funny enough. I write a ton. So, I'm like, let's, you know, might as well try it. And um, it was... I just uh, followed like the Albuquerque comedy um, website. Exactly. You know? That's and, how I, that's what I found yeah. too. And so like at that time, right? Like I think there was like seven or eight open mics on that page mm-hmm. um, about this time last year. Mm-hmm. None of those like mics were still going on. Yeah. I was like, what it, the hell? It, it, it's <laughs> like that, bro. I, w- I did a, our five year recap the other day on my podcast. And I was talking about that. All the places that I started doing comedy are closed down. Yeah. All of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and most, and literally the only comedians from my class that are still performing are my best friends, Josh and Maverick. Yeah. Literally like my, and you'll see that you'll start off with a class of open micers. Yep. And then you'll see the tides change and people come and go. Mm-hmm. And even like the classes above me, that's why I've been really chilling with like the class below me, like Tyler, Jared, yeah. Mulkey, Eister. Like, those dudes are still hungry, and they come out. Like, my buddies are all gone. Like, Josh mm-hmm. lives with his lady. He really only comes out for shows. Maverick's killing it in Oklahoma City. He yeah. worked, you know, he's doing the clubs out here, and he's going to be here for the roast. So, you got to see Maverick. He's going to – he's, he's – I've seen dude, some of bro. his videos, yeah, he, and he's legit. He just posted a TikTok video the other day. got 2.5 million Damn. views. Bro, his tic- – I mean, he was already crushing it with, like, 50K yeah. TikTok, 1,000 fo- – like, 50K followers – that one video got him to 170,000 followers. No shit. He's so and that's the thing like talking about like like I need to get better on the content. Sure. Maverick's always been gifted there. Like sure. he had a Vine following and something about that dude in a camera just clicks. Yeah. And even when we do like little Instagram videos or little like we'll do videos and one take and yeah. just cuz like 
our chemistry and the dude's so quick and we're so different. Yeah. But like, yeah, dude, I, I really am proud of my little class. I'm proud of Josh and Maverick for doing all that they've done in the, the amount of time. And, uh, and you know what? I'll be honest with you. There was a period in comedy where I was really like detached and mm-hmm. you might've seen that when you came around, like Maybe, a lot of people know. saw that they'd be like, Oh, Zach just comes and does this thing. And then does the set and leaves. And you know, no one goes, knows what's going on in your personal life sure. at the same time. But I get a lot of anxiety just kind of being in that room the whole time. Yeah. So I kind of like just being in the back of the room or just right outside. The person before me or two, I'll go in. And that's just like my mentality. That's where I'm comfortable. But a lot of people are like, man, I wish Zach would just like stick around and be a part of the scene. Sure. And I remember one of the homies one time told me, I remember I got like slightly offended, but it's your friends that will always tell you real shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was like, yo, man, like. We just wish you would come out more. He's like, you're like like the hot girl in high school. Like people are inti- uh, he's all people are intimidated by you because they just don't know you. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm not like that though, bro. Like you know, you know me. He's all, yeah, but they don't. True. And he's like, and he's like, man, like it would mean a lot if you came around to these younger dudes. And um, I started coming out and kicking with the younger cats, and it gave me a whole newfound love for like the open mic scene. Yeah. And that part of comedy again, and um, it just goes to show you like. Bro, it could be a room of a thousand, a hundred, or ten, and yeah. we're gonna have fun. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's just like, and I could be a huge Debbie Downer too, bro. I got to the Hopper last weekend. I just did this cannabis award show where it was like a hundred and fifty people blast, and then I go to this brewery and there was eight people, and I'm like headlining. Dude puts up a person not on the lineup, throws up his son right in before me doing like oh, impressions. Dude. There's like six people. Luckily, there was like four people that walked in like right before I went on. Mm-hmm. And I recognized this dude. He was like this jacked bodybuilder who was my coach's friend. So all these like bodybuilding rows started flooding through my head. Yeah. And then I was like, had I probably had one of the funnest 20 minute sets in front of 10 people. Yeah. And I just, and I was like, bro, don't, don't go up there with that like negative attitude that that's yeah. on you. Like you could. So it really goes to show you, bro, the power of attitude and how you look at things. And I'm really trying to get to the back to the point where, I know one day I'm going to miss these hometown shows at yeah. a brewery with 10 people where I could just drive home to my dogs. Because I, I, re- I, I got to the point last year was the first time I was ever tired from comedy. Mm. Like on the road, third city, third night, driving by yourself, that highs and lows that you deal with. Like you're on stage killing in front yeah. of people and then you're on a highway by yourself yeah. or in a hotel room by yourself. And that I felt like balancing those highs and lows is becoming like a new important thing to do yeah because it it could get dark bro sometimes you'll be killing and having fun and then you'll be like get on the road and be like nobody even knows who i am why am i doing this should i and then you and you got to get past all that negative thoughts and be like it, i see pictures of myself smiling on stage and like this is why you do it because i never see me smile like that in real life and not that i'm not a happy dude sure it just goes to show you that on stage that's where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And and I and I feel it. And I feel it with the scene and the support from from everyone. You know, all the different like I said, for as much salt as I've got, I've gotten a lot of support. And, yeah. it, and it means the world. And and even this roast, you know, going in, we'll talk about it next week because you're on it. But um this roast is like, even though I'm the one getting roasted, it's it's I know it's my homies like showing love yeah. at the end of the day. Well it's funny because like weren't roasts like a sign of respect. I would, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, it's like an honor to be roasted. You have people that, at least a, to like some extent, feel comfortable enough to then roast you, right? Exactly. Otherwise, it's just awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of the nice part about doing this because I'm like, I don't know you all that well, mm-hmm. right? I just kind of see you from afar and see you doing your thing. So it's like, this is nice at least to kind of, you know, ease that gap or whatever. Of course, man. And and like I like I, like I said, you pulled you aside the next time. I said, your jokes are getting better. Your roasts are getting better. Um and like I said, I think it's really important to come around the younger classes because I didn't have that much guidance. I sure. didn't really have – I had people I looked up to, but by the time I was really getting into it, they were already stopping. And I really like to surround myself, no matter what it is, like comedy, bodybuilding, snowboarding, whatever like thing I get into, breaking for sure. Like breaking was one of those things for sure. Like I surrounded myself again around the best B-boys because it inspired me to get better. Right. And with comedy, it was like kind of hard because in New Mexico – you can cap out real quick. And and there's a lot of times where we're like, fuck, what's the next move? And there's not really somebody to show you that because there's not too many people really doing this full time. Yeah. And um, or if they have, they're out, they've dipped out already, stuff like that. And um, so a lot of times figuring out the next move for what's right for you, how to advance your career, 
um, you really got to put a lot of effort and a lot of thought into that for sure. It's crazy because like, correct me if I'm wrong, but comedy is so interesting in the aspect of, because I, I grew up playing sports and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I see your wrestling shirt. You're yeah, a wrestler yeah. at El Dorado? Uh, no, I actually coached El Dorado. You coached El Dorado. Okay, so yeah, how, yeah. real quick, side yeah. note, how old are you? Um, 26. 26. Okay, per, yeah. you know, that's solid. I didn't start doing comedy until I was 27. Okay. You know, nice. so I, uh, all my younger homies, I tell, like, you already got an advantage on me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I push so hard because I am in my 30s. Yeah. I know I have a short, shorter window to quote unquote make it. So, 26, bro, good job. Like, just keep pushing for yeah. sure. You already got a pod. You're already in the roast scene. Yeah. You know, the one thing I recommend is jump back into the open mic scene. Yeah. Make that your nightly routine. It's like yeah. the gym. For sure. You know what I mean? And everybody's super cool, bro. When they start seeing you coming out, you know, you know, everybody's, we have a really welcoming scene. I was about to say, so that's actually a really good point. So, Everyone that, like, I saw at open mics, I'm, I'm the type of person because I don't know what it was about, like, growing up. I always oh. felt like people – it was cool to downplay other people's stuff. And it, and it's weird because it's, like, just because you knock someone else's stuff mm-hmm. doesn't make your stuff any better. It does. And it, I really, yeah. truly didn't realize that until probably college. Okay. I, like, was surrounded a bunch of good group of guys that, like, you know, if you wore a different hat or you wore, like, a different whatever, like – those guys might make fun of you a little bit, mm-hmm. but most of them are like, dude, that's a good look. Like, yep, hey, exactly. my my guy, that's exactly you're rocking that shit. Like, and it was so weird because I was like, I was like, ah, like, shut up. Like, I, I, I still most of the time don't know how to take compliments and get better yeah, at it. For sure. But it's like, you know, that I, I love that portion of my life. So I like to always express when someone's crushing it because it's like you never know mm-hmm. when that like just makes someone's day. So all the time when I'm at open mics, uh, especially the ones that like were at inside out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. a little easier kind of like pull someone aside, like be quiet, exactly. you know, not yeah. ruin whoever's up on stage, but be like, yeah. Hey, just thought you were super funny tonight. Yeah. That, and then, you know, that shit means the world. I, that's a, definitely, that's where I met you was at inside yeah. out. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that shit means the world because sometimes you're so in your head, dude. And you never know who sees you, who remembers you, why they remember you. So it still makes my day every time uh, uh, someone who mentions my comedy or they've yeah. seen it before. Or, or whatever the, the creative outlet is. And, and um, one thing that I was going to say is, like I said, that, you know, we have a really good – our scene's at, like, a high point right now. It, yeah. As far as how welcoming it, the camaraderie. Yep. Um, I've never seen it this close-knit. You know, when I first started, it was so niche Everybody had their little groups. The first open mic I ever did, dude – I went up and I, I was talking to the host. I don't even give a shit. I'll talk I'll tell who it is. It was Danger and Kendra. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even give a shit. Yeah. And and I went up and I was so naive, dude. The night before I went and watched an open mic and I just watched the whole thing and I went up the next time and signed up for theirs. And I was like, Hey guys, I'm a new comedian. So like whatever advice you have, like I'm open ears. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Danger didn't even look at me. Kendra turns and goes like this. Just be fucking funny, dude. <laughs> I'm like, like fuck. damn, yeah, like, okay. and, I, and then I came and blew the out, and then neither of them even fucking do comedy anymore. Sure. So you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it is a worldwide audience. So I just want you to know they probably probably yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. Search. And if you're listening, we know you are. Yeah, exactly. hundred <laughs> percent. I always tell yeah. people that worldwide audience. Yeah, right? I like, see you so. creeping on our Instagram stories. Yeah. We know what's up. hundred percent. But um, you know, I and I love it, and that's why one of the reasons is I might not be like. If I see a fir- a person for the first time, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm not. Right. It takes me. You know, I only have so much energy to put out. So it takes sure. me where I see somebody that's like, oh, you're into this. Yeah. And then I'll pull them aside. Yeah. Like you at the roast the other day. Yeah. Uh, Jake Otero recently. I was just about to say, and I, I truly do hope Jake Otero's listening because yeah. I like, and I commented on something he did, like whatever on Instagram, right? I message him and I'm like, that dude has just been crushing it. He has the right approach. He's man. just absolutely going I like all when the I see time. people have the right approach because yeah. I've seen people come in and I'm very. I'm like a sour patch kid a little bit. So like sometimes yeah. I'm a little sour before I'm sweet. And I sure. know that. Like I just have to warm up. You sure. know what I mean? And so I've seen people come in real green, which means like they they think they're a headliner and they think they're yeah. ready to go. And they, you know, they bring out 20 friends to an open mic that laugh at them. So they think they're yep. a killer Yeah. and all that stuff. And, and I've seen those people come and do like two book shows and then they come and go or they do a show a year yeah. and say that they're a comedian. Yeah. And I'm like, what, dude? So when I see cats that are into it, someone starting a podcast, someone like Jake getting in the scene, you know, Jake actually asked me for a, a bit of advice. And I, the bit of advice I told Jake is what I tell a lot of opening comedians. I said, once you're dedicated, you're going to the open mics, you feel like you've got a solid five to 10, 
don't be hesitant to start reaching out to the bookers of these shows, the people that run these shows. And just don't be like pushy, but just be like, hey, I would love a spot in one of your next shows. Yeah. Just leave it simple as that. Sure. You know, I do that a lot. When I have a light month, I'll go through and I'll hit up all the bookers. I'll hit up all the shows and I'll be like, hey, I'm open this month. If you got a spot, we'd love to do your show. Yeah. And you get added on to so many shows, dude. Yeah. But it's out of sight, out of mind. You you got to hustle. Like a biggest part of – I've always been into sales and that's not even my favorite shit. Yeah. But I'm good at it. (laughs) But then when I started comedy, I was like, oh, we're selling ourselves. No, 100%. Now I could be good at this. I'm like, I could sell myself. I've sold out all my merch like that I've put out. So I really think that hustle promotion is another thing that people really lack on. Like, you, yo, if you're starting a show or open mic, you need to get a flyer going. You need yeah. to start. If you got a showcase going, I say you need to start promoting the showcase six weeks in advance, a month to the least. Yeah. And that's flyers like. You know, homies are putting out shows and not even doing that much work. When I was doing my canteen show, first of all, I had sponsors, yeah, which is a huge thing. Go out and get Massive. local sponsors. Yeah, It's a very easy thing. How many friends you know that own companies? Go out in your community. Find somebody that will throw $50, $100 a month to your show. That's your flyers. Yeah, A couple of months, that's a new speaker. That's how you pay your comedians. There's so many ways to do this. But when I was doing canteen... I had a sponsor that would do my flyers. They would do me 1,500 flyers a month. They would keep 500. I would take 1,000, and I would go throw those into th- like 30 to 50 businesses all in like the same businesses every month. In a year or two, those businesses know exactly who you are. The employees know who you are. Before you know it, they want to sponsor your show. They're coming out to the shows. The community knows who you are. Um, there's a lot more, I call it like the homework, like the homework to comedy is way more than just showing up to a mic right. or writing the joke. Right. It's like, that's cool. But, and, and you know, I also have to think like everybody's different with a goal. Yeah. Like my goal is to really grow the platform and then, and then move, move along. And, uh, so if you want to just be an open mic comedian, that's dope. Yeah. And I used to, like I said, I used to be real detached. I used to be like, oh, people don't take it as serious as me. It's just fucking like, I'm just going to stick to myself cause I know my goals and blah, blah, blah. They're not with it. And then I was like, bro, why do you care if this is just a hobby to them? Sure. Like, if this is just a thing for them to be social, cool. Your goals are different. Mm -hmm. Your goals don't have to be their goals. Yeah. And as soon as I came with that mindset, I started having way more fun at the mics, uh, making way more friends. And and my goals are still my goals. You know, that hasn't altered. So I just found a lot more love for comedy that way. Dude, it's uh yeah, it's definitely contagious for sure. And and just kind of take a step back for a second like to, just to kind of finish that thought like everyone that I've talked to in like the comedy community here has been nothing but just incredible. Yeah. Everyone has been super like loving and like opening. And everyone is I think just on the same page. It's like we want to make people laugh. Yeah. How do we make more people laugh? And it's like that's the best part of that, right? And I think what's cool is that you're talking about the business side of it, but all it is is to bring more people that's in it. to laugh. That's really it at the end. And of that's the, day. the best part. It's more laughs for more people and more stage time for fellow comedians. Like a uh, today I just came from a meeting. I was at a booked a new show at this really cool coffee shop called Buds and Beans that just opened. It used oh, to be nice. a wine dive down on like right across the street from the box theater, the box improv. Okay. It used to be this wine bar, and they turned it into a coffee shop. It has a stage built into it already. Oh, nice. It's, like, ready to go. So May 26th, we're going to start our first show. Um, I haven't even announced this yet because I don't want to, like, blow the load before it fucking goes down. But tomorrow I have a meeting with somebody at Lobo Theater to nice. start a show. And that's, like, the, that was that's like my my grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, my grill venue. It's, yeah. like, perfect for comedy. They just redid the bar and lounge. So... Hopefully tomorrow I could lock in a date and get something going there. And and last week, dude, I stopped doing the full time day job. Um, you know, still doing some part time stuff, but quit the full time gig to, to put more time into comedy. Dude, that's comedy. so sick. That's uh, I don't know why it just got me so jazzed up. That's yeah. so that's so fucking cool. Like, I mean, it's a leap, but like you're yeah, doing it. You it know is. what I mean? And I knew, I knew at five years that I'd have to make that leap. Yeah. And I knew so. You know, I'm still doing a little bit of consulting for some dispensary stuff like that. If I figure if I could get two to three shows popped off, that that'll be enough to sustain and get a lot of stage time for fellow comedians as well. So, yeah, um, but that's the goal, man. And hopefully other comedians, 
I'm just trying to not only like I'm trying to set an example for myself, but like for others that we could do this, bro. Like it could be it could be more. And when I talk to the younger cats, like, dude, like I like I said, I know everybody's hunger and goal levels are different and how hard they come out this. But two years in, like I said, I was hosting for Steve-O. I was traveling out of state. I was already in comedy festivals. Yeah. And that's why I'm like these younger cats. I'm like this open mic, this little scene, these these competition shows this new there's it's a drop in the bucket yeah like if you're worried about winning a competition or a little thing here in new mexico which i used to yeah but it's like the real goal dude like the the scene's so much bigger yeah and um you could be the dopest person in albuquerque and nobody could still know who you are yeah so i think a lot that's where i'm like okay i don't just want to be this hometown hero comedian like i really want to do more with this because i feel like i can yeah and um so we'll see where it goes, man. I'm really excited. Uh, we have a lot of things coming up. Like I said, um, is this come out today? The podcast we're gonna do we're gonna it tomorrow. Yeah, dropping tomorrow. tomorrow. So on 420, all our listening come out to the roast at yeah. Revel. Um, it's a ro- it sounds so weird to say it in third person, but it's a roast of me, roast of Zach Abeda. Yep. Um, and there's gonna be some roast battles, and your boy Tyranny's on it. So let's see him. Who are you going against? Trip. That's gonna be a good one. Yeah. Oh my god. That's dude, gonna be that's a good a, one. As soon as I got that list, like my immediate reaction was like, "Fuck," because yeah. it's like. It's still, like, the weird part is, like, separating myself from the competition. Mm -hmm. Because it's, like, or or not, like, separating is, like, getting better. It's just, like, no, no, no. Like, this isn't as much of a competition as, like, other people want to make it out to be. We're trying to put on a good show. Exactly. Like, if ultimately I go up there and, like, he and I just fucking throw daggers back and forth, that's what everyone wants. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's the hottest shit. Yeah. At the end of the day, no one really gives a shit who wins, mm-hmm. but they'll remember, oh, that battle was sick. Exactly. That's, That's the really shit that what I it need. is. That's really what it is. I I probably only remember two real, like two full jokes from Roast that's really have stuck with me. Yeah. But you remember when people have good exchanges, like yes. you said. Yeah. And, and then, like, th- yeah, uh, that's just, yeah, exactly. Or you remember if it's awful. Oh, dude. There, there's some that you get up there too, and you're like, that's. That, like how how did you come to that conclusion of like a joke oh. and like i'm not like even like dogging on anyone oh, or no, anything no. like that it's just like all right i feel like a lot of people i want to know your opinion as well i feel like a lot of people they feel like their joke is better long-winded yeah and you know what that long-winded shit i always say cut the fat like yeah. cut the fat that long-winded shit really doesn't work there's so much setup to punch like the di- Jerry Seinfeld actually said this, but gauging that distance of the setup to the punchline, that's the real magic in figuring out your joke. Yeah. Because sometimes it is different. Yeah. Sometimes it's like set up, punch, boom. Yeah. Sometimes it's more set up, more set up, more set up, more set up, bam. Then there's the misdirection. Just the way like uh, everyone's, you know, listening, they're not watching this, like just the way like you were moving your hands, uh-huh. the way like that even just made me think about it is like it would suck to have a massive fuse for a firework that just was like a little pop exactly. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. some of the best ones are a short setup and then just a massive explosion exactly. uh jared uh, jared osha my boy has one my favorite roast joke ever and it was at the end of a battle and they were going off and he was going against tsunami yep and they were going off back and yep. forth and each joke of his was like progressively hitting harder and she was doing okay but she was kind of just going off the top yeah. of the head like kind of just insulting the way he looks and it was like all right but nothing was really and then the last joke which is so well written and delivered and he's like guys isn't it a little ironic that somebody named tsunami can't even get wet yeah <laughs> I, I remember sitting at that judges panel and me and buck like got up and lost it and uh, and sometimes we do that in the audience like sometimes a joke will hit for the judges that doesn't yeah. hit for the audience but that whole audience was like Wah! i was in that crowd i invited one of my best friends there and i was like dude i'm telling you this shit's funny this yeah. shit's legit and like after we still talk about that joke. That yeah. joke was so yeah. freaking good. Yeah. It was, joke was so good. Unbelievable. It's also crazy cuz like I feel like the judges and the audience are completely different as well. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to play to both yeah. cuz like even in the last one I did, uh all of the judges like thought I I shouldn't say all the judges. The judges thought I lost and I was like, "Okay, like his jokes were better." Uh-huh. Like I I thought that as well. And then we went to the audience and the audience like cheered for me and I even I was confused I was like, "What what yep. the fuck yep. like and it's it's weird like what hits an audience versus like people that do comedy yeah it's so insane to like think about that and it's, you know sometimes our judges like we've gotten to the point where we're pretty good with our flow 
And sometimes it's pretty like okay, obvious like who won. The judges pick them, but yeah. there's sometimes we're, we're real divided. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see that for sure. And you know, a lot of the people like give me shit like, "Oh, you judge and you don't do the roast battles." It's like, yo, yo, yo. Yeah, why don't you do the do the roast? Okay, battles? so that's a good question. Yeah, so they're yeah. like, "Why don't you do the roast?" It's like, all right, well, I've won before the roast battles. There was roast competitions. Okay. Won them all. Mm -hmm. I have probably more first Friday wins than any other comedian ever in New Mexico. Okay. I've done the most. So it's like, this is how I look at it. Like if I go up against some battle rapper that nobody knows. Sure. And he beats me. Like, oh, fuck. And he, they be, he beats Zach Abeda. Yeah. If I beat some battle rapper that like doesn't, they're like, of course Zach won. Yeah. There's everything in it for them and almost nothing in it for me. Sure. And so when I judge, it's also, and it's also things like all of us judges have earned that spot. And I'm yeah. probably the youngest judge on the panel. And so a lot of us have earned that spot. And um, that's just another way I look at it. And a lot of people are like, it's easier to judge. Dude, you guys have. No. A, no. A, so I was this is say, a, yeah, yeah. First of all, <laughs> I don't know who's on the battles. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know any I, of that until they put out the flyer. I'm not writing yeah. jokes for people. I was about to say, get there, I don't know anyone else would say why they would say that being a judge is easier. I literally, it's not. <laughs> it's, I literally freestyle all those roasts off the top of the dome sitting there. Yeah. And, and yeah, some hit hard and some are like, ooh, shouldn't yeah. have said that. But it's like, that's the thrill is like. I get to sit there listening to your roast jokes and at the same time thinking of like, and I have a different strategy because I could roast you guys individually yeah, or I could roast you as a pair, the, yep. which is another element to it. Yeah. So um, I have the most fun doing that. It's like, what can I think? And then I, the, I'm always the first judge. Yeah. So I have to go first. So I'm like right Pressure's off the, on. oh yeah. Like yeah. let's see what I could think of right away. Yep. And um, so I have a ton of fun judging them. And uh, yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense why I'm on that panel at this point. You know, sometimes you second guess yourself, bro. Sure. But sometimes you have to be like, okay, I've done the work. Like I have the reps. Like you go look back at your accolades and your accomplishments and, and you're like, okay, you, you got to be sure of yourself and you got to know when the juice is worth the squeeze too. Yeah. And I think that's why another reason why this roast is so dope. It's like, like, oh, you just judge them. You just judge them. I'm like, no, this one is the roast of me. Everyone's yeah. going to come roast me. Yeah. Everyone has like, bone to pick with you at that one. Oh, and I'm probably the easiest comedian to write for. <laughs> yeah. I would say I'm the easiest comedian to write roast for. I, I set myself up for it. I was about to say, I truly, I can say this honestly, I'm not trying to bullshit you. I haven't written anything yet. I was like, I've, I've just been trying to write stuff for a trip. Yeah. And I think like the, the crazy part too is like, uh, I'll get to that in a second, but uh, to that effect, like, it's got to be super interesting to think how, like, what people are going to say about you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't even, I've already heard a couple of the shits homies are going to write it, and it's like relentless. Yeah. It's like relentless, like, shit that, and I pick my closest friends, not new kids, they're my favorite comedians, the top comedians in the scene, but I'm like, these guys could go harder because they know me. Yeah. Like, like I said, if I picked you, you don't know me that well, so you probably would sure. not go as hard. Yeah. Even hard. I was about to say, now that I think of it, I guess I don't know that I'm actually roasting you. Are, are the roasters doing that as well? Are they yeah, just it's doing the, the roasters battle? are roasting. Uh, like, yeah, so the pan, there's a panel roasting me. Okay. But I'd love a roaster to take a jab. I love okay. I love it. Yeah, for I sure. I guess, like, that, I should, like, be ready for that in just the aspect of, like, don't, don't only write for you or just, like, have a bunch of stuff yeah. if, like, if that's going to take away from my, like, roast with, exactly. like, trip. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I'm really excited. I'll say the roasters here. We haven't dropped the panel anywhere yet. I think I'm going to drop it as a little teaser, but it's a fire panel. So yeah. we got, of course, my best friend, Josh Fournier Maverick. Yeah. Sarah Kennedy. Steph Darnell. I'm going to pause you real quick. No, you're good. If there's anyone, like, because here's the thing. I'm not thrilled about, like, roasting trip. Oh, yeah. Because that dude's fucking insane. He's, he's so good. You know what it is? Is he's unexpectedly unexpectedly good at roast yeah i don't knock the guy i like trip he's a, he's a good comedian yeah but something about him you're like oh this guy's just doesn't like when you see him like oh he's not gonna bring the heat yeah and then he does and you're like yeah. whoa yeah, yeah you're exactly like, dude he tore apart robert Eiser, right like in just and robert's fantastic as yeah. well so like i wasn't thrilled about like being lined up with trip i'm like all right it's gonna be it's gonna be tough there is no one i want to go up against least than sarah kennedy yeah. She is so insane, especially on the spot. Yeah. She's so fucking good. But that's why the thing, and, I, and I'm just be honest, you you probably won't see us not on that judges panel. Because yeah. it's like, say, with Sarah too, she's like top in the scene. Like, yeah. If, if she beats anyone, of course. Yes. And if anybody beats her, it's like a huge deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I get it. That's where yeah. like the juice is worth the squeeze. But Sarah is another one on that panel that is unexpectedly funny. So good. Like, so, so good. good. 
I, 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 I made I, the mistake of like, like asking a question. I didn't even like, I wasn't even thinking. I was yeah. just like, cause she, she said one of us like works at Cabela's and the other one works at like hot topic. I don't even remember exactly what mm-hmm. she said. I know the Cabela's part. Uh-huh. And I was like, which one's which? Like, I was just like, everyone like yeah, uh, pegs yeah, yeah. me as a guy from like Farmington. So they're like, Oh, I work okay. at like Cabela's. But then I was like, which one's which? She was like, well, if you don't know, you're from Cabela's. And like, <laughs> that was the like hardest shit ever. And yeah. I was like, fuck, like, how do I yeah. even come back from that? I was like, it's just so good. Yeah. I know. I have a lot of love for Sarah. She's a real close friend and and great person. And her and her, her and her wife are opening up a comedy club here I in town, that. and that is going to be something great for our scene for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's going to be legit. What is it that you love the most about the roast battles? Like, what is it for you that you look forward to? You know, be it like the the presence or like is it actually judging? What is it for you that you look forward to? You know what? It's in one of those things where I could come. It's like it's such the the anxiety, not even the anxiety, but like the rush of like I have nothing prepared for the night, but I know I'm going to come up with some good shit. Yeah. And and I already feel like at this point, like the pressure's on me to be like the like you got to you're the funny judge. Like you got to bring it, dude. Like so I feel like that pressure alone. I love to I love to have my back up against the wall. Like I, I think that pressure creates diamonds kind of thing. And I also love that I'm not going up there and burning material. Yeah. So that night, I'm not like, which jokes am I going to tell? Blah, blah, blah. And if he, Evan throws me a five-minute set, I love it. I don't yeah. mind at all. But I also don't mind if he, because I know I'm going to be judging. So it's like, um, there's been one set that I went up there and just, I had a five-minute set opening one night, and I was like in the zone. Yeah. But that was the second time. The first time I went up there, I thought I was in the zone. And I was like, oh, this is a roast. I'm going to start roasting the audience. Uh, they did yeah. not like it at all, bro. Dude, and I'm like, how are y'all here for a roast? And you, you're like, don't want to talk to you about yourself. Truly, aren't ready for that. Like, no. they, they really are. They're excited to watch like everything yeah. away from them. And then as soon as it comes to them, they're like, whoa. Like when Buck on the last one, like said, okay, I'll give you tickets, but you two have to roast each other. It oh, was it crickets. Got weird, and they crickets. got weird, huh? Yeah, super weird. And then one of the girls got like super, and you know, and that's goes to show you like it was a good, good idea, maybe not the best, because like. They don't wash it off like comedians. Like one of those mm-hmm. girls walked off stage legit hurt. Yeah. And people's comedy is different. My my goal, like with comedy, I want everyone to have a good time. Yes. I will not sacrifice one person and make them feel like complete shit to make others laugh. I think that's a low thing to do. Sure. But that's me personally. Sure. It's not everybody's approach. Um, when people say like, "What's your comedy?" I just say silly. Yeah. And you've and I think you no, I think agree I think it's point. a very fair. Like way to describe that, and um, that's definitely my goal. Though I do want everyone to ha- leave having a good time. I'm not to say I want to be like catered to different audience or be like very fair weathered with my comedy. I feel like I take swings, yeah. but at the same time, I also am not like blatantly offending people. Sure, and I also have a very specific row style. Uh, Mulkey said it the other day, and it was the first person to ever like bring it to my attention. But he's like, when you're in the zone, it's almost like you're flirting with the audience. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And and I'm very I do this approach where like I said I'm a sour patch kid with audiences I'm like the o- opposite. Yeah. So I come and I hit you and I'm like sweet. So I hit you with like these silly compliments. Yeah. And then once I have you, mm-hmm. bam, then I can say something mean. Yeah. So like like last night for instance there was a dude who was real country at the open mic, long hair, fucking and I was like, damn, bro, are you a fucking Carhartt model? Like, what the fuck you do, dog? Nice. I was like, do you do, uh, yeah. oil? I was like, do you do oil changes on OnlyFans? Like, yeah. what do you, what do you fucking, <laughs> that I like did like an act out yeah, of him yeah, doing yeah. it. And then more progressively, like once I had him in the yeah. audience, then I started roasting him. Yeah. And then I started roasting other audience members because they were already, once you got them on the ride, like I always feel like you're taking this audience on a ride. Yeah. And once they're willing with you, like if you have them and they're willing to go anywhere with you, then you could start taking it in different directions, but you got to get them with you first. Well, and it's like the the crazy part, and I, I I try to break down comedy as much as possible, and like I think I've kind of sort of ruined it for myself because like I don't watch comedy and just sit there and just be like ah like haha yeah. like I like sit there and I'm like oh it's funny because of this like, like that's good you're like that's yes. good yeah instead of laughing a lot of time I'm like that's good I yes that's I good. do that a ton and which like the the funny part about like are you a Carhartt model it's like. No, like you're not making, like you're not putting them down. Like you, like to to your point of like the sweet and sour, mm-hmm. right? Like you are like building them up with the model part, but like it's for Carhartt. Like every bit of that is just, hey, I'm not yeah. trashing you. Every and then like the OnlyFans, it's like, okay, what do you immediately think of when you think of OnlyFans? Hot girls. Yeah. 
So it's like, you're not bashing him. You're not being like, oh, this fucking dude that works for Carhartt. It's like, oh, that's so like almost degrading or exactly. like whatever. Every bit of that, yeah, is just sweet and sour. Because you can't be like, touch. oh, you're calling me country or you're saying like I'm redneck. It's like, no, it's like the no. opposite. It's like yeah. talking you up, but it's like addressing all. And then I started going to all other audience members and I, I was talking about one of the girls who was wearing like a nice dress, but she was well well endowed yeah and i was like oh your dress has all these spots i was like you got me mesmerized like the star wars like opening credit like a thousand years a million years ago yeah <laughs> galaxy Four. i was all you ha-, and then i was all you have me mesmerized over there with your giant jokes and yeah. like and, like everybody <laughs> laughed like because it was another comic and yeah, yeah. stuff and i was like your giant jokes yeah. and, like and just little, and then like you said if you didn't have them on the right you'd be like whoa that was a very like you fucking just misogynistic as shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. W- but you know the intention is not malicious. Right. You know what I mean? I don't remember who it was. I don't want to say Mike Epps, but somebody said, like, might have been Kevin Hart, but they were like, you could, re- on, or it might have been Chris D'Elia, but it was like, you could really say anything on stage as long as the audience knows you n- don't have a malicious intent. Yeah. I, I mean, I agreed with that 100%. Like, the way I looked at it, and I always tell people, like, if it's funny, you get a pass. Mm-hmm. Like, you you can't just say fucked up shit to say fucked no, up no. shit, because if you do that, like you you lose everyone. Yeah. To your point, right? If you have that malicious a malicious intent, two beers in, I'm drunk. The uh, <laughs> if you have that malicious intent, that's completely different. Yeah. And then no one trusts you. Then yeah. they don't want mm-hmm. to laugh at your exactly. jokes. And like the first guy like roasted, I had like just a delicate area of like, you know, okay, so this is a black guy, mm-hmm. but like you can't just go at that. No, no. You've got to, you've got to like ease into it. And that's why I've told everyone. Cause they're like a- anyone that I've talked to, I'm like, Oh, I'm in a roast battle, which first off all of my family, friends, like yeah. no clue what that even means. Right. Yeah. Like they don't understand the process. And you have to be pretty big stand up fan to know what a roast yeah, battle is. Yeah, it, exactly. And so like the thing that like, I would tell them like some of the jokes I had written and they're like, I don't know. Like, yeah. can, can he take that? And I'm like, I have some mean shit for some of the homies. Yeah. And it well, and, but the thing is, that's why I tell everyone is like, it, I really don't even give like, it's not that i don't want to like hurt that person's yeah. feelings or whatever but like you and i said they're comedians mm-hmm. we're we know they're up there for a roast yeah. i don't really give a shit what he thinks in that moment it's the audience because exactly. if the audience doesn't care like if the audience is like dude that's fucked up i'm not appealing to him he and i aren't judging each other it's the audience mm-hmm. and that's what like terrified me right is like and and still does like how do i write something that the audience knows is a joke and like, still is like, okay, we're alongside the ride. Here we go. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. You know, oh gosh, like one of the biggest things that I realized is just with the joke writing, all that stuff, dude, and especially like roast joke writing, like you said, like the funny has to always outweigh the meme. Yes, 100%. and the mist and the misdirection has to always be like the best part of it. Like I, like you said, like going up against a black dude, you there's so much shit there, but you don't want to just dump out the immediate yeah. shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I remember I did a one of these roasts that were a little different. It was like a competition. It was like a joke-themed roast battle. So you'd go up against someone, but instead of roasting each other, it was like who has the best jokes on the theme of the night. Yeah. But there was a little bit of gray zone where you could kind of throw jabs at each other in between. Sure. And it took me like one to learn that. And like it was you were saying – Something about like a joke that could come across wrong, but if you say it right, it, it smooths yeah. over. Maverick has one of my best ones. He also taught me that you could be funny anywhere. Your intro could be funny in a roast. Yeah. So he for this one, we would write our own intros. Maverick just came from doing boot camp for the Navy. His intro was, this next comedian keeps the poop deck pristine and his butthole pristine. <laughs> Give it up for Maverick Wick Williams. He got a laugh on the yeah. intro. Love it. And then he goes up against a girl and they're battling, and and she says something sharp, and he's all he's all I'm from Moriarty. Beating women's what we do, <laughs> and it got like the biggest laugh. Yeah, but yeah. you know he wasn't being like, sure. like he was being, but bro, it was literally yeah, yeah. the that was the whole joke. Like I'm from we're from Moriarty. Beating women's what we do, yes. and like the the audience died. So I yeah. was like, okay, as long as you your delivery is correct, your intention is correct. Isn't it so crazy? I like I don't mean to interrupt you, but like no, just right. just the way like. I mean, cause like, let's, let's say this, like if he just changed even a bit of that phrase, right? Like if he just was like, 
yeah, knocking women out is what it's like. In, in, uh, it, like, it, or because you, you know been, he's like, I'm gonna beat you in this competition. Yeah. you know what or, I mean. Or, but it or, sounds like, like one of those, like, yeah, and it, or, or if he was just like, yeah, yeah like if you would have changed any bit of that, or like, you know, just it was exact perfect wording, yes. exact timing and it's, delivery. It's like all encompassing, and it's enough to where you're like, you don't think about it in a malicious way. Yeah. It, yeah. It's suit, and then like again, back to like the point. I, again, I get super frustrated when I hear these people like the joke passed. You hit a good point, and then now it's just it took on too long. Yep. That was super succinct, just yep. right there. Boom. Yep. Like beating remember, women is uh, what we do. One of my best ones is I went up against uh, Ian Ty Jameson, and I beat him in the first round. And then I went up against Robert Eister in the finals. It was like the same night. You like go back-to-back yeah. rounds. And I got a joke off about Ian in the second. Well, not even not even about Robert, not even in our rounds. But it secure, I knew it secured that round for me against Robert. So the theme that night was sex jokes. I beat mm. Ian in the first round. I go up against Robert, and I right away. I don't even say nothing. I address the audience. I was like, "I'm so glad you guys stuck around because nobody would ever believe me if I told them I beat a black guy in a sex competition." Yeah. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it was just like, the momentum was so on my side at that point. By the time we go into the jokes, like, it was just it was secured in. Yeah. It. I mean, that like, that feeling too of like, okay, I've locked it in. Yeah. Like the audience knows. I had that in the first rose battle. I didn't have that in the last mm-hmm. one. And I was like, well, shit. And I also like made it a point last one to go first. Cause mm-hmm. the first one, I, I mean, prophecy was a cool dude, but I think he just thought it was all off the dome. Yeah. 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 So he didn't write anything in which I was like, okay, it's not necessarily like a fair battle. Exactly. I also, and then I went second. So this other one, I was like, okay, let's see what happens. Like when I go first uh-huh. and it just, I didn't have that same feeling until they went to the audience and then it was like, Oh, I like and just in my mind I just like took a look at him and I'm like, okay, I can like say something about him. He looks like he works at PacSun. Yeah. And I was like, sick. And then I saw him go to his phone and I was like, Oh, okay, like I have this one. You know what I mean? Like that feeling of like, okay, I've got it. Yeah. Like this one's mine now. That's such a fucking sick feeling. It's, it is a sickest feeling, dude. And and so much comes into it. It's like you gotta have so much ready, but there's something to address in the moment. If there's a elephant to the room, hit that on the head. Yeah, like address the the immediate thing that everybody's like looking at. So, like you said, going on the phone, like all that thing, you could be like, you gotta look at your phone after jokes, like blah blah blah, like going for all that shit. And that's really what I've been working on the most out of material writing jokes alone is like I heard another comedian say it in a podcast, and he's like, what I do recently is I'm just trying to stay in the moment as long as possible before having to dip into my material. Like I want to stay in the pocket. As long, like in, in the night, like address as much as I can. And then once I feel like I need to dip in a material, dip in a material. Yeah. That has increased my freestyle and crowd work game like crazy. And sometimes it always doesn't work, but I'm confident enough with my material that I can start. And then sometimes you don't also let the jokes come out organically. Mm-hmm. I used to have such a structured set list that I would like go through, go through. And now that I'm so confident with my material, I'll go up see what I could build in the moment mm-hmm. and then pop into a joke off something that I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's so much more organic than, and it feels like you could tell the audience feels like it's so much more natural. A big thing I, I somebody said with the comedy is it's almost like a mat. Like, I don't want to say compare to magicians cause those are rivals, sure. but there's a magic in it. <laughs> there's a magic in so. it where, where the <laughs> fucking magicians, there's a, there's a rivalry in it where, or there's a magic in it to where your audience needs to feel like, even though you told that joke hundreds, maybe thousands of times to them, it needs to feel like it's the first time you've ever told that joke. Yeah. And so doing whatever you need to do to keep it fresh. Like I said, create something in the moment that'll take you into the joke. All that kind of stuff. Um, is so much better than like, yeah, guys. So, you know, um, this past weekend, I was like, it's just like, Ugh. you know, what's really weird is ugh, just like, dude, it's yeah. so forced. Like, so I think that's been my biggest f- thing is figuring out how to, like, weave my set and, yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm having, having a lot of fun with that lately. I think even to, to your point of, like, the elephant in the room mm-hmm. and, like, transitioning and stuff. And I'm so early on to this. I've done very few open mics. So maybe my advice isn't the best. But. Sometimes I feel like I, I'm not going to force a transition. I'll just mm-hmm. say, all right, here's a transition. And yeah, then just yeah, that's funny. move right into that's it. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like opposed to like you're saying like, so this last weekend and then again, that's like more fat yeah. instead yeah. of just, you know, all right, I didn't write a transition to this. Here's my next joke. Exactly. Like sometimes it works way better. It works way better. How would you, okay. How many 
shows, if you had to put a number to it, top of your head, how many shows have you done? Thousands. Thousands. Literally, like, you're, like, without question, thousands. thousands. Damn. There's a lot of stage time. How many, okay, then if you had to put a number to it, how many minutes have you done? Gosh, I'd say, I want to say I'm getting close to that, like, thousand hour mark. Thousand hours. Yeah. Damn. Between, like, as many shows as I've done. I don't really want to call it podcasting, but podcasting is really good for adding that time. Sitting down, especially when I do solo podcasts, like learning how to sit there oh, and talk for an hour. Solo pods fucking are rough. Yeah, solo pods are different. But sometimes, man, you'll jump into a story that'll take you somewhere. And before you know it, you told a 30-minute story. And, you know, you're like, oh, you know what? I could take that on stage. Yeah. Or sometimes you're like, this is a good podcast for or story for other podcasts. Like some yeah. things isn't the best for stage. But it's good to have four or five stories in your pocket always ready to go for podcasts that you know are funny yeah and and stuff like that there's a i think you know there's some really good comedians like chris testofano mm-hmm. has a you know like four or five stories that i've heard him repeat on podcasts but they always yeah. kill they always or hit. just little jokes like uh he has one that always you know he'll talk about his career and he's like oh i don't do good in t- like movies he's like i have leading man face but best friend body yeah <laughs> like little yeah. having a joke for a podcast yeah. you know what i mean like you don't even think about stuff like that, but this is still entertainment. You know where, where I um, equate that to or analogy for that is like a lot of rappers, when they do freestyles on shows, it's written. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that, especially the old school one, like those big L freestyles, even to the like the dope ass, like little dicky freestyle you saw on Sway. That's a written performance written. made just to perform for that setting. Yeah. Right. So it's like a performance just for that. So same thing for podcasts. You should have a couple funny things ready to go. Sure. Like in your pocket for sure, some little things like that. So, I don't know exactly. You know on that on the hour mark for sure. But I've done, I've already done over a hundred headlining sets where I've done forty five to an hour, just there. Count- Thousands of feature sets where I've done twenty to thirty. Yeah, and then countless open mics. And countless open mics. But those are, this is okay. This is a good example of that you brought that up. So a reason why I say be at all the open mics in a yeah. scene like Albuquerque where we only have one maybe to a night that are what I would say like a D grade open mic. Like if you were going to yeah. grade rooms, like a room, like comedy store, a room. Yeah. Even an improv or a laugh factory, a to a B room, a casino, maybe like Santa Ana star. Even that's like a B or a C room. Sure. A room, like a random open mic at a brewery, five people. That's a D room. Yeah. So if you only have those two D room mics and then in Denver, there's three or four good open mics. It takes one Denver comic one night to get as much open mic time as it takes us to get in a week. Yep. So, therefore, we should be at every single open mic. Yeah. And that's just how I look at it. I um, mean, that's a great way to look at it. Like, I need to be at more. I don't think I'm going to be at any of this week. Like, next week. And you know what? Just sure. like for anyone listening, like, our beginning of the week open mics are smacking. Monday, we have two good ones. Founder's been great, but I guess they're going to move it to Inside Out again soon, mm. which is just a different beast. Um, it is. The analogy I give there is like founders, you could have five to ten people and it feels like a packed little room, especially yep. with the comics in there. Inside Out, you need 80. Yeah. Like if there's eight people at Inside Out, it's rough. 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 Well, not only that, but like the the worst part about Inside Out and for anyone that's not been there, the stage and then like where they seat people or, or where people seat themselves, I should say, even. Like, you are no closer than 30 feet front of the stage to the first person. Yeah. And you, like, you have to make such a And presence. you also have central behind you. Yeah. So, yeah, people walking. Any with the crazy central shit is right behind you. Open window. Yeah. Like, the distractions that. But this is things. For as much as we're talking about all the hurdles that it gives you. Yeah. There's different intention at an open mic, like, inside out. Yeah. When I go there, my intention is, like. I'm not going to just worry about killing my joke. I'm going to try to hold focus and pull as yep. much focus. Yep. I'm going to try to pull and hold. Pull focus, hold focus. Pull focus, hold focus. Yeah. We're inside we're like founders, you should already have the focus. Yeah, if you Your don't, first it's... move to be should pull that focus and then you have them. Yeah. But at a room like that, there that's why I have little tools where you about like have a joke and you know I have little things where like I'll give it up for like you know Right away, give it up to the host, or if you feel like you need a repo, oh, yo, give it up for Inside Out for having to open mic night. This is awesome. Boom, yeah. you get a little, and then you re-grab the attention. There's, right. like, little tools that you could use like that. 
you know what Josh told me outside canteen one night was uh, sometimes like I I love all the tricks because like again you only learn like there's no coaching in comedy mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you you have to figure stuff out on your own and it's nice when someone will give you a nugget but otherwise if you don't know it mm-hmm. like or if you haven't done it you don't know it yeah but like he he told me like something that he'll do is just take a longer pause and just like stop and then he's like one of two things will happen either everyone will keep talking. It's like, all right, like I don't have to worry about like doing my best stuff. Most mm-hmm. people aren't listening. Mm-hmm. He's like, so I just kind of play to the people in front of me. Or everyone will stop talking and like tune in. And he's like, all right, now I have you. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, that's such like a like Jedi, like fucking thanks for that, that bit of wisdom. And you know what? My my difference there where I was like, I don't admit, I don't take like defeat that easy. So sure. if those people start talking, I'm not just going to talk to the two people paying attention. Sure. I'm going to win those people back over. Yeah. And that's when I'll do tricks. Like I said, like, give it up for Canteen for throwing in a comedy show tonight, guys. Boom. And then you – or if a table's like, being real obnoxious, do one of those pull focus, call that table out, and, like, clown on it. Like, like, oh, this guy's acting like beers on this guy, obviously. Like, you know, there's so many different tools to yeah. really – you don't have to accept defeat that much from an audience. Sure. Don't like, yeah, there's some nice bro where it's just they're faded and you're at a brewery and they don't give a shit. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like there's always a way to turn a room. What's the, what's the worst room you've done? You're just like, motherfucker. (laughs) Okay. I'll tell you one of my worst bombing stories and worst rooms I ever done. And something that I feel like I probably could handle a lot better, but I was really new is I had to, I had to open for the Albuquerque gladiators football teams, Valentine's day gala. And I didn't. Oh, and, and there was dude. only two comedians. It was me and Buck. Yeah. And there was a bunch of artists, uh, like singers and stuff like that. Chevelle Shepard was on the show. She just had won The Voice, so she's like, that's crazy, popping like yeah, this yeah. like Farmington girl just won yeah. The Voice. And they asked me, they're like, you want to open the show or you could close it and go after Chevelle Shepard. I'm like, I'm pretty sure nobody gives a fuck after she goes up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like that's the headliner. Yeah, yeah. And I and I was already pretty confident. Host, I was open the show. We'll get it going. We'll get it popping. Sure. And. The guy's like, all right, you ready? Like, dude, I go I go in the room. 75% of the room is still in line for food and drinks. Mm. They're mingling in the back. Like, they're all mingling and being social. Yeah. Maybe 25% of the audience is even seated. Yeah. The host goes up. I can't even. Let, he- let alone paying attention. Even paying Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I go up the host. Like, the audio is so bad, you can't even barely hear the host. But I'm like, in my head, I'm like, well, maybe he just is not used to talking to mic. Like, maybe I'll sound better. Yeah, yeah, Dude, I go up there. I'm only doing, like, 15 minutes. I could tell like a minute 10, my back is sweating. Yep. I'm working hard as shit. They don't give a fuck. I have zero football jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have zero yeah. jokes about the night. Like yeah, I said, address the elephant in the room. I did nothing for that. Yeah. That was like a thing I learned from that. You know, like, you know, I could probably be optimistic and say some of those people paying attention probably enjoyed the set. Sure. But nobody there remembers who I am. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. That that was a and then you learned a lot of things like now I'll tell host no 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 well, let's wait till these people yeah. sit down get play some music yeah play some music for twenty minutes I feel like that's like, the worst and like from someone like like my personality is okay if this thing starts at seven like the host better be up on stage like six fifty nine and fifty nine seconds. Yeah. And then it's seven o'clock. All right, welcome it, to the show. And if they don't do that, they need to be on stage at seven and be like, yo, guys, welcome to the show. We're going to get started yeah. in 10 minutes. So grab a brew, use the restroom, yeah. and we're about to kick it off. Well, and that's, that's, and that's, and that's the, what I would do because yes. Albuquerque just runs late. Albu- New Mexico New runs Mexico late. Is late. So you're uh, going to say seven, but you're going to have more people there at seven fifteen, seven thirty. So yes. I always do that. Seven. Yo, guys, we're going to start in 10, 15 minutes. Get a drink, get some food, use a restroom, and we're yeah. going to kick it crack, off. Crack a joke. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, I'm not, I'm not exactly. telling you you have to go up and do five minutes. But just, like, yeah. be a little lighthearted. Exactly. Yeah. Get them in the mood. Yeah. I feel like Buck in town, and I don't know Buck very well, but yeah. Buck does a great job at that. Yes. Like, he just goes yes, he's up. A great like, host. Just like, hey, like, how you, like, how you fucking feel right now? Yeah. Like, every time I feel way more confident, or, like, my, like, my energy, like, picks up every exactly. time he goes up. You exactly. know what I mean? I, I enjoy the scene so much because there truly is, like, just insanely different, like, comedians here in town. Oh, yeah. I think it's so cool to, like, see that. And I don't know that that many people know about Albuquerque, but I truly feel like it's growing. I do, too. We're I think gonna it's put something on the map for sure. There's going to be a couple of cats out here that, you know, and I hope you to be one of them that makes a name. Like, oh, there's, you know, I want to make it a reason that people know New Mexico is a state. Yeah. I don't want – I want to be out there – 
rep talk about our culture and have it be funny whether people have never been to New Mexico. I like I have this one joke I tell it's a Harry Potter bit. And the whole bit is the whole premise is there's no Hispanic wizards in Harry Potter. Yeah. And I do a bunch of Hispanic and Latino references and a bunch of Harry Potter references. I've both had people say I've never been to New Mexico. I really didn't get those parts, but I'm a huge Harry Potter fan and I loved that joke. Yeah. Or I've had Latino people be like, I've never saw Harry Potter, but I still got all of that shit. All of it, yeah. Yeah. I remember one time I told that joke after at a show in Denver. This only first time like not this has ever happened. Well, first and only time this ever happened, but a girl came up to me and she was like, I am the biggest Harry Potter fan in the world. Mm-hmm. She's like, My friend died yesterday. I wasn't even gonna come out tonight. But I felt like it would probably be good for me to get a laugh. And she's like, and you made my night. Can I just give you a hug? And she oh, was like wow. crying. And it just goes, like I said, that you being in a brewery in another city, getting paid two drink tickets, it makes it all worth it. Yeah. Here's here's one situation. Watch. I'll tell this one. I feel like we're probably almost ready to wrap up. Sure. But I'll tell this one. And here's a story of something that happened. And I made sure I was set up for success so I wouldn't fail. So I was in Roswell last summer. And I was supposed to open. I was opening for Chris Kattan. Okay. Right, it was already a mess. I was booked to open for him. It was supposed to just be me and Chris Catan, kind of how you saw me in Stevo. Yeah, and then a couple of weeks before, they're like, "Oh, he's bringing a feature, but we still want you to host and open the show." All right, cool. What's cool? Uh, we'll pay the same. All right, well, good for me. Fucking less work, same pay. Yeah. So I, I'm like, all right. Like two days be- before, they're like, "Hey, his feature dropped out. Can you recommend someone to us?" So I was like, "Cody Dove." Super professional. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. he's like the number one dude. I mean, he's just ridiculously great performer and ultra professional guy. Yeah. He's overseas right now doing shows in like London and shit. Yeah. Um, so I recommend Cody. They booked him. Luckily, Josh was like, fuck, I want to go see Chris Kattan. I'm going to drive out there. Yeah. Josh drives out there. The first show is a Saturday, Sunday show. Chris Kattan doesn't even show up Saturday. Oh. Bro, there's 250 people in Roswell. Holy ready shit. Ready to go to see this motherfucker. I thought you were about to say there's 250 people in Roswell. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yes, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But all the of whole them were at the show. Yeah. The whole town was there. Yeah. They're dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so there was like, this room was packed, but it was a great room. And when I got there, they're like, he missed his flight. He's not going to make it. Mm. And I could just, bro, like I, I'm seeing this audience getting live. They're getting faded. And me, Cody Dove, and Josh are the only three people that are like, know what's up. We're like, this yeah. motherfucker ain't even here. So, me and Cody, luckily, bro, Cody Dove got added to that show. And luckily, Josh pulled up. Imagine yeah. I was in Roswell by myself. Yeah, you're just like, hi, I'm Zach. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. And so, they're like, what are we going to do? So, I was already going to open the show first anyway. Cody was going to go second. So, I was telling the guy, he's like, I'm just going to go announce that Chris Kattan's not here. But we'll honor people's tickets if they want to come back tomorrow or if they want a refund. And I'm just going to bring you up. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. No, you're no, you're not. Yeah. I said, oh, everyone's gonna, gonna be on a bummer. I said, because <laughs> you're gonna bring me up, and people are gonna be talking. They're gonna be walk, they're gonna figure out what they want to do with the night. Yeah. I said, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna be like, hey guys, I'm so sorry, Chris Catan missed his flight. We'll give you a refund if you want to come back tomorrow. We'll honor your tickets, but we're still gonna have a comedy show for you guys tonight. We're gonna play 15 minutes of music, and we're gonna kick it off. Y'all stick around. We're still gonna have a great night. Yeah. Dude, only like three people left. That buffer of music that does buffer. so much. Because what's going to happen then is everybody's going to talk about it, let it settle, and then they're going to stick around, still expect a comedy show, yeah. and know that Chris Kattan's not going to be there. Yeah. So that was one of those situations where it's like, okay, that could have happened. I could have went out there and bombed for 30. Yeah. But I didn't. I told the host, no, this is what you're going to – or I told the producer, no, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And it went off way b- – and it worked out. Luckily, I went up there. I did like 20 – I brought up Josh for a guest set. He did like seven. I went back up, did like 10 more, brought up Cody Dove, who did like 30 to 40. It yeah. was a great show. I've never seen Cody Dove go up and do the same thing twice. It's nuts. I mean, I've seen him. I mean, he, you know, and I have in the fact that it's the same um, structure or it's the same bit where he has a couple, like he has this bit where he brings someone's up and he does like the arms behind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the same, The that everything else is a different. My yep. favorite one is he has crowd writing little like sentences on a piece of paper Mm -hmm. and then he gathers them all up and then he scatters them on the floor and then he's like asks for like a movie premise that's my favorite one it'll be like yeah a detective or horror or action and he'll like start narrating this scene and then start picking up the the words from the floor he's gotta say that's a scene and the, the sometimes it's like hits but sometimes they're so goddamn funny 
Um, he also has one where he brings up a person and he they're the sound effects for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like you said, same bits, never the same. Never outcome. the same outcome. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is ultra professional. I, was about, I think that's a good way to put it, right? Like the structure is the same and he has like, you, you've seen the stuff that he does. Yeah. But you get a different outcome every time, every time. which is sick. Every time. Zach, I really appreciate you being Hell on the Hell yeah, pod. man. This Yo, was awesome. Y'all Plug listening, everything right yes, now. Yeah. So y'all listening, I have my own podcast. It's called Fiend City Podcast. We're on a YouTube Spotify, just YouTube Zach Abeta Comedy. That's also my handle on Instagram. So check me out. That's where I post. That's like my main hub. So check out my Instagram, Zach Abeta Comedy. And then just on Facebook under Zach Abeta. I got shows all April, all May. I'm already booking into the summer. Um, roast of 420 next week. Come out and see your boy Tyranny. Get down. Yep. Guys, right. we're going to be at the roast. It's going to be sick. Uh, Zach, just to let you know, I know you don't endorse this uh, sign-off, but just bear with me when I do this little sign-off here. But uh, I've added another one, guys. Uh, It's kind of a lifestyle. I don't know why I didn't put this in here before, but mixing a water. Mixing a water is a lifestyle. Why people aren't mixing in a water when they drink is beyond me. But uh, So mixing a water, don't drink and drive, go down to your partner, and the earth is flat. Cheers. (laughs) I'm with it, bro. If you look, and if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket. I'm gonna write a book, and I don't care if you read it. I'm gonna make a movie, I don't care if you watch it. I'm gonna wave anyway, I could care less if you look, and if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket. I'm gonna write a book, and I don't care if you read it. I'm gonna make a movie, I don't care if you watch it. I'm gonna wave anyway, I could care less if you look. And if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket.